And uh, if you want to come right on up here, I, I won't take too much time, but let's, let's welcome Terry and I'll hand stuff off to him. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I think he has a clicker over there. So it's good to be with you guys this morning. My wife and I are uh, missionaries to Alaska. It's good to be back here. You guys support us. And uh, it's wonderful to see a lot of friends and uh, people that we've known for a lot of years here. So uh, uh, <clears throat> we get to work around the state doing several things. Uh, if, if you guys want to, is this going to work? Okay, thank you. <laughs> we get to work around the state on several projects. The one on the right, okay. Hey, it worked. <laughs> well, the first part is good, so... <laughs> We get to work on several projects around the state. Uh, as I mentioned, we're U.S. missionaries. We've been up here, I think it's been work 19 years, 20 years, I don't know. We've been up here a little while, uh, finding our way around, getting used to missions in Alaska. Uh, what we, uh, Voice to the Village, those have heard it, it's what we call the ministry that we largely work with. Reaching villages with the message of hope is our mission statement. So I get to travel around the state. And uh, work with ministries and churches and locations, and we work in hub villages, getting them to reach their region. That's how we get the state saved. That's how we get the gospel into every house in Alaska. Is us, every one of us, becoming responsible to get the gospel into our area of influence. So that's what we get to do uh, is working across the state doing that. So the first thing, the first project that we work on is uh, media. Some of you may have joined in on something online with, uh, with a youth conference. We just had that not too long ago. Uh, we have AXOM, Alaska School of Ministry classes that we provide the support for that, that are on every month. So we, the vision for uh, using uh, media technology, and I know uh, there's been some discussion on, on uh, you guys getting to do that as well, is to get the gospel out, to get the gospel into houses, into people, uh, into their homes. Uh, we, we can also use it to fill empty pulpits, to, to plant new churches. We haven't done that yet, but that's a vision that we have. And, and in the trained leaders, that's things that we use the media with. This slide here shows, uh, I'm sorry that it's not showing up real well. There's dots up there. Those red dots are places that we have targeted, that we're working in in some way or another, that we're working with them in these locations uh, to, to get the, the uh, outreach, to get the gospel into these areas. So we, it's a real privilege to get to do this. As I mentioned, reach your region. And I say that a lot when I'm out in a village in a hub. We, we've concentrated on hub villages the last number of years, getting them uh, equipped to uh, go online, to get their services on the Internet, to reach the region for the glory of God. <clears throat> this uh, map here, uh, these, there's 109 dots on that map that represent places that Interact Ministries did a survey of and said that these are locations that are without a consistent gospel witness. I have some prayer cards here for, for this Alaska Home Missions right up here at the front. I'll be glad to give them to you if you want to come up. It's got six points of prayer on it that you can pray for Alaska and how we can uh, uh, work together to get 
the area reached to get every house reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'd love to give these to you if you remember those in prayer. We also have our, our prayer cards up here as well. If this works, I have a short video that I want to give you an example of, of media that we put, helped put together for recruiting workers for Alaska. It should have audio. I had no way of knowing that one day I would be called to be a missionary. But I know that it was a story that God was writing in my life. We have one of the highest rates of suicide in our nation that plague youth in Alaska. There's just a lot of hopelessness and a lot of darkness in a lot of the rural communities. Here it's almost reversed where um, there's hardly maybe two out of ten that have great homes. Everyone else are from broken homes. They're hungry for and they're looking for someone who will unconditionally love them and pour into their lives. Being a missionary is, is not a location, it's an attitude. It's literally an attitude of where you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm a missionary first, I have a mandate, I have a mission to go and do exactly what God's called me to do. Amen. We've been privileged to go to a number of events and different gatherings where trying to recruit people, workers for Alaska, pastors, and, and people to come out in the village to teach school and be a missionary school teacher. So we've been privileged, to, and we've actually had some move up and started doing that. That's praise God. So the next part of what I get to work on is uh, Camp AN. And uh, we have several people in our midst that have been to Camp AN before and some that haven't that would like to come. And uh, I get to spend la- the last few summers, it's been two and a half months, <laughs> out on the lower Yukon, out at Camp AN. And this, I'm going to tell you a story and show you more pictures here a little while later about something that happened this year at camp. But before I do that, I want to give one quick testimony. There was a girl that came to youth camp this year, and she came and started having severe, severe abdominal pain. Her, she started having this intense pain, and uh, we actually had a as a part of our medical staff, we had a doctor out there, and the doctor says, you got to get her into the clinic. So we took her into the clinic, and they called the Life Watch flight and said her appendix is, is, is going to rupture. You know, they did their diagnosis. So they sent the plane, and uh, before she got on the plane, I asked her, I said, can I pray with you? And uh, this, you know, this girl was brand new to the camp. She hadn't even really got to experience any of the services yet, and it was pretty disappointing for me that she was having to leave before she got to hear some of the sermons and, you know, some of the teaching. And, and she said, sure, I can, you can pray with me. And, and uh, so I prayed the simple little prayer, God, just heal her appendix, uh, you know, touch that and, you know, make her better in Jesus' name. That's just about the, the way the prayer was. You know, we don't have to, like, stand on our head and lift this arm and do all kinds of weird things. We just pray this prayer of faith. And uh, she got on the plane, and they took her in, and, and uh, the next night, I noticed there was a boat. We were getting ready to start the service, and there was a boat came in the camp and went running out, and this girl was on the boat. And uh, I said, what are you doing? The last time we heard, they had you, and they had her in the hospital for observation because her, she said, yeah, I was in the hospital. They were watching me. The doctor said my appendix was ready to rupture. It was huge, and it just started shrinking right up. And it all went away. She said, they released me, so I came here. <laughs> she said, they didn't know what to do. They said, this doesn't make sense. It just, like, she said, God healed me. 
So when you believe, that girl listened to the services, didn't she? <laughs> she Later on, we get to pray with her, prayer of, of salvation. So it's a nice little story. Just to, you know, God, the signs and wonders and miracles are for the unbeliever, the Bible says. And a lot of times we, people get healed and then they get saved. And uh, we had that happen this year at the camp. I have a, a one-minute video that gives you a little... A snapshot of the camp, and hopefully it'll make you interested in coming sometime. Wow, this is working good. I camped the camp van when camp van first started. I knew immediately when we got off the boat that this was a place where something big was going to happen. It's a concentrated time, like 24-7, that kids are in the environment of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. There's a great need here in Alaska. There's a need for God. There's a need for guidance. There's a need for mentorship and discipleship. You'll come to pour out and to give, but you'll receive a whole lot more. They can have light and hope and love and truth and joy. That's our message to send back with them is hope. Come out to western Alaska, to the Yukon Delta, to Camp for Guy to Moon. It definitely is the place of God. to have you come out one of these years if you can if you'd like to just uh, feel free to contact us and uh, we got to put up a facility this year that I'm going to show you some pictures of later and uh, BGMC adopted us as their national project a couple of years ago and raised funds and we got to put up this permanent building out there so it's exciting stuff another part of what I get to do in Alaska is uh, I call it the Alaska Trail Ministry and uh, this is uh, it started as a hobby of mine. I started going to uh, Iditarod. It started with the Iditarod. Everybody's heard of the Iditarod. Everybody knows about the Iditarod. I started going and passing out tracks with some friends of ours, and it developed into this thing of ultimately becoming a volunteer chaplain for trail for races all across the state. So we've been going and going to these events. Anywhere there's a group of people gathered and there's a, a group of people in a spot where we want to go there and, and we've been doing outreach ministry to those. So what we want to do in the future, we're in the process right now putting together a plan for a, 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 a God's given us a vision for a what we're calling a mobile chapel. So I want to take a some type of a, a trailer or an RV and convert it to a chapel and to take it to events for people to come, for a place for people to come to us. This started at the Arctic Man. Have anybody here been to the Arctic Man? There's probably several of you have been here. There's a lot of people go up there and, and they save their money for a long time to go party for three or four days. Not everybody parties there, but in the middle of the tent is the big beer tent. And uh, for those that have been there, it's pretty wild. It's pretty and, and pretty intense. I was up on the mountain one night. I had I had rode up to the top of the mountain, looking over that camp, and I, and I just saw this vision of a trailer, a tent, a, a vehicle of some type 
with a big lighted cross on top of this thing, making a stand for God right in the middle of all that. So, you know, it's important that we make a stand. I just, I just want to tell those people, you can drive, you can spend all your money and time, come way up here. You can think you're getting away from God, but you're not getting away from Him. He's here too. But also want to provide a place for people to come to us for prayer. Would like to man this thing 24 hours a day, have people in there for somebody if they want to come in and receive prayer and uh, so forth. So be praying with us on that. We're putting a, you know, starting to formulate a, a plan of how we're going to put this together, what we're going to do with it. And uh, we'd love to, to have you be a part of that. We're going to obviously going to need people to, to help me go and pray, go, go and work in this thing. So uh, contact us if you'd love to be part of that as well. The last part of what I get to spend my time working on in Alaska, the major assignment, is the U.S. Missions uh, National Field Rep. What that really means is I get to work as a liaison beside the national director representing our Alaska missionaries, and we get to work with problem solving and, and, and uh, advancing the kingdom and, and recruiting, and that's the most fun part of what I get to do is recruiting missionaries, recruiting workers, and being involved in the, in the training process and helping them go through the process of getting a missions appointment. So this next little video... Uh, that I want to show you gives a snapshot. It's a really fun video. Of, it gives you a picture, an image of, of images from all across the state of uh, all of these projects that we're talking about here that we get to work on. So if this works. Please forgive oh, yeah. me. I don't mean to be rude, but I got to keep moving. I sure wish I could stay, but I got to keep doing what I've been called to do And don't forget me Long after I'm gone And I'm just a memory I hope you can recall What I was saying It was nothing but the truth When I'm gone It was nice to meet you But I
was nice to meet you, but I'm gone. I shall call to miss you, but I'm gone. It was nice to meet you, but I'm gone. I shall call to miss you, but I got to keep moving on. I can't stay in one place too long. Thanks for your support over the years, and it's been a real privilege. I, I don't know if you thought of this. We're an extension of your ministry here at this church because you guys, you because of your giving to missions, we're able to just go and go all across the state and go. And I love that song. I have to be doing what the Father's called me to do, and uh, and I have to be out doing that. So it's because of your giving and your prayers that we get to do. This thing, so uh, you can connect with us through Facebook, or we have a do the Twitter thing and all that. That's actually the best way to find out what's going on. I try to, I'll I'll try to do better at updating my Facebook. I just usually put I put scriptures up all the time, so <laughs> a lot of people are like, well, you the only thing you ever put up there is scripture. Well, I try to put something up that every once in a while, but besides scripture, but. Anyway, you can contact, uh, connect with us that way and find out what's going on. So as I mentioned, this, uh, I want to share with you something this morning that, that was brought to life through an experience this year at Camp A.N. And, uh, you know, the, the Bible instructs and gives us vi- wisdom and gives us direction. And, and I want to share with you about how we can apply that to our life. When I met the barge in Emonic, last spring, this is what we were looking at. We had over 160,000 pounds of building materials sitting there on this lot in Emonic. That was quite overwhelming to me. You know, we, we had been planning to, all winter long, I'd been talking to a local company to get everything hauled out there, and they were going to haul it just for the, for the fuel. They, you know, it wasn't going to cost us anything. But the water was so shallow this year that we, they couldn't get their boats out there. So we were looking at this overwhelming, this, it seemed impossible to get this task done, to move 160,000 pounds with our boats, you know, with our little boats, and, and to get it safely out there to get this all done. Everybody asked me, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get this done? And the only way we could do it is with God's help. With God, as we team with him, we can accomplish this. We must have God's help. You ever been in one of those situations where you had to have God's help or it wasn't going to happen? 
You ever been in one of those? Maybe you're facing one of those right now. You have, you must have God's intervention in your life. Well, we were looking at it. We were staring right at this. We had to have some, some of his help. So I want to re, uh, I'm going to have all the scriptures up here if this all works. I want to read out of Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah building the wall. It says in Nehemiah, Nehemiah uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, They said to me, The remnant there in the providence who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. When it, he says, When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. The first thing that we need to do when we're looking at an impossible task, something is way beyond us, something that is, is, seems overwhelming to us, the first thing we need to do is pray. I know this is pretty simple. We have a biblical scripture, uh, evidence of this. We need to pray. We're told in several instances in, in New Testament, First Thessalonians, we're told to pray all the time. About everything. It says in Ephesians that we pray in the Spirit on all occasions. With all kinds of prayers. You know, we need to remember the first thing we do is it starts with prayer. That's easy for me to skip sometimes. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I just go right past it. I'll start working on it myself. And I'll get myself in a bunch of trouble because I didn't bother to find out what God would say about the situation. Anybody else been there? Been out in the middle of something? You're like, God, where are you? And he's like, I'm over here. You took off and did this all on your own. He says, you needed to pray and listen to me and hear what I'm saying. So the next thing that we need to to accomplish in a seemingly impossible situation is we need, sometimes we have to have God's favor. You know what I mean? It's like there's no way we're going to get this done without the favor of God on our lives. In this reading on in our story in Nehemiah, it says here, Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Oh, wow. Sometimes we have to have favor from God. It also says in, in, two, in, in verse 5, it says, I replied, if, if it please the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. We have, sometimes we have to have the favor of God. This year at, at devotions one morning at camp, we, were, we, were, uh, we always spend some time in prayer, praying for what we need to, uh, for that day. And uh, I shared with the group of men that were there, I said, we, we must have God's favor today. We have to have the favor of God today. This, I showed you these, this picture. This, uh, all of these supplies were sitting on somebody else's property. You know, the church at Imonic, there's not much property there. And this, the, the company that had unloaded this just set it all out there. And, and I had gotten word, they'd given word to me that you guys need to move this stuff. And we're like, we don't have any place to put it. We don't know what to do. We have no idea how God's going to work this out. It's like, 
you know, God, we, you, we got to have favor today. We prayed that prayer, and a while later we got on the boat and went into Ammonic. And as I was coming into the slough in Ammonic, I see the guy, the very guy that I need to talk to, walking down the riverbank. Yeah, tell me that's an accident. I mean, this guy's busy. He's hard to, to have, any, have two minutes with him. And sometimes I've waited like three hours just trying to get a couple minutes with him. And he's walking down the riverbank. And in two minutes' time, he took care of our problem. This man made all the arrangements that we needed because of the favor of God. Sometimes we need provision. We'll, we'll see in our, in our story in Nehemiah, it says in chapter 2, it says, I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of, of the providence west of the Euphrates River. The, he's wanting letters instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. Well, that's pretty good, right? He's asking for, give me a letter of safety. This is pretty bold. He goes on even further and he says, And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. (laughs) He asked for the the provision that he needed from the king. Sometimes uh, it's, I shouldn't say sometimes, God always provides what we need when we're looking at accomplishing the impossible Task. He always supplies our needs. He will always provide. Always. He never, ever puts us in something and not provide for what he's calling us and what he's designed for us to do. He always provides. Always. We've seen it come from every kind of direction on the planet out at camp. We got, I'm going to show you pictures later of this building that we put up. And we got ready to hang the doors, Pastor. And we found out one of the guys that was out there on the missions team, what he does for a living is he hangs the doors for Cracker Barrel. <laughs> God sent us out to, out to Camp AM, the guy that hangs the doors for Cracker Barrel. <laughs> praise God he always provides what we need we've seen it so many times we've had situations come up and we had to have you know somebody that specializes in propane to work on a propane refrigerator and a guy just walks up you know hey can I help you and it's what do you know anything about propane refrigerators oh sure I work on them all the time (laughs) God always provides he always provides for our needs to accomplish the impossible. These beams that we're looking at here, we were praying for wisdom on how to move these things safely. As I mentioned, we had to get this 160,000 pounds, 17 miles up the river to the camp. And uh, we, we needed God's wisdom on how we were going to get these things moved. We were trying to figure out how God was going to partner, how we're going to partner with him to accomplish this. You know, how many know that God does things, he can supernaturally just make things happen, but most of the time he moves on the heart of men to accomplish tasks, to accomplish things. So we're just trying to figure out, God, how are are you going to partner with, how are we going to get this thing done? How are we going to get this accomplished? 
We talked about every kind of possible situation that there was, how we could haul, haul these. We had hauled everything else that we needed, and we were down to these glue lamps. We had to have them out the camp, or the, everything that we were doing was going to come to a screeching halt. We had another, at that time, we had about another 40 men that were coming to help us through the summer. And uh, we had all these guys that bought plane tickets, and they're planning on coming, and we've been recruiting people and, you know, begging people to come. And here, they are, here they're coming, and it's like, if we can't get these to the camp, we're going to come to, a, we're, they're going to show up, and we're going to have them cutting grass with fingernail clippers or something. We're not going to have anything for them to do. So we, we were praying for wisdom. The night before we were getting ready, we, this was what I had to do the next day. That night... I was getting ready for bed, and I, and I prayed, and I, said, you know, and, and, and I reminded of the scripture. It says, God, it, it, it tells me in the scripture, when we need wisdom to ask for it because you give it out. It said, we have to have wisdom tomorrow on how to haul these beams. Like I mentioned, we talked about every kind of direction under the world on how to do it, but we, wasn't re- we weren't really sure how to accomplish it. So early the next morning, I woke up, and, and uh, God had given me a vision of how to accomplish this. And uh, when I saw that a picture of, of this, this, this whole thing, I, I, I knew what it, what it took to make this happen. Does that make sense? Did I confuse anybody? I saw an image, but in the image, I knew everything that it was to make this happen and to go forth and in. We just simply got, went out that morning. I wanted to get the guys up early. It was about 4 a.m. when I woke up. But we went out and we just simply recreated what God had showed us, and it worked. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, when we loaded these things, this one on the boat, if you pan, if, if I could pan this around right over here to the right is the company store. And there was people, there was people standing everywhere along the company store and along the bank watch, you know, watching this. I knew they were, I, I know they were out here thinking, I think this guy's going to sink this boat and we're going to watch the you know, boat sink here today. But we followed what God had showed us and this thing worked. So through, through that, through praying, listening to what he was telling us, and uh, following through with it, we were able to haul all of those beams out to the camp. And that provided us the foundation we needed to go forward. So the next thing that we need in accomplishing the seemingly impossible task with God is passion. Passion is what sometimes makes us get up in the morning when nothing else in our life wants to make us get up, isn't it? It's what keeps us going. It, what's, it makes us, it drives us to keep going and keep it accomplishing. And sometimes we need passion. We need passion to say, God, I'm going to do this no matter what. No matter how many hours a day I'm going to have to work, I'm going to accomplish this for you. We find in our, in our uh, scripture passage in Nehemiah, he says, Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. He says, But then on, only half my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand, supporting their load and 
in uh, one hand holding a weapon. It says in verse over in chapter 4, he says, We worked early and late from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. Well, we follow that literally out at Camp A.N. We work from sunrise to sunset. That's our joke out there. <laughs> Middle of the summer, it doesn't get dark. So, <laughs> We have to have passion. Find out what your, if you don't know what your passion is, find out what that is. God wired you to be passionate about certain things. As you can tell, I'm passionate about certain things, that I, and I get to do them and do ministry while doing them. Passion is, a, is, a, is the motor or the fuel that drives us forward, isn't it? Well, back to my story. Through many hours of, of a diligent hard work and long, tough hours, we were able to get all these supplies out to the camp and... Uh, we start, as we start up at this building here, you can see that we were able to accomplish this. It took a lot of passionate men, <laughs> a lot of hours to set all these things in place. And that brings us into our next component or next part of this process of accomplishing the impossible for God is perseverance. It's not just enough to know what to do and how we're going to do it, but we have to do it and continue doing and continue on until we accomplish that. Everybody, like I mentioned, everybody was asking me, when when they start, people would come and they would look at all of this stuff we had to do and all this work in front of us. It's like, how are we going to do this? It's like, I was reminded of that little saying, you might have heard of it, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> How do we move heavy things out at camp? How do we do all of this? We, we put all these up, no machinery. This is all done by hand. One foot at a time, one bite at a time, one bolt at a time. <laughs> there was over 15,000 bolts in this whole process. We put them in one bolt at a time. What am I getting at here? We can't accomplish B until we've done A. You know what I'm saying? So many times in my life, I've wanted to jump A. I don't want to finish A, God. I want to go right over here. I want to do this. He's like, you go back and you finish this. And then you can go to the next phase. We accomplish great things in our life if we're persistent in the small steps towards that final goal. Great things, wonderful things we can get done if we'll be persistent and continue following through. Our in, the enemy will try to distract us. I have a couple of uh, passages here. It says in that... Uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained, though we had not set up the doors and the gates. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. It says, (laughs) but I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. 
Distraction. The enemy wants to distract us from accomplishing great things. He says, why should I stop working to come and meet you? Four times, four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. And I'll I'll jump that last part there. It says, so they were trying to intimidate us in imagining that they could discourage us to stop the work. So this is a key. So I continued to work with even greater determination, trying to intimidate us. And the enemy will also try to stop us by using fear. Also in this story, we'll find out where he says, I realized God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Intimidation, discredit, fear. These God, the enemy will use these things to get us sidetracked from accomplishing great things for God. Sometimes we discredit ourselves by sin. We unqualify or we, you know, the good news is today, if that's, if that's you, if you've been unqualified, if you've been discredited, you can be requalified today. <laughs> God can requalify you today. It says that all you got to do is repent of your sin. And he'll take it away from you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can be requalified. So back to my story. After months of prayer... Preparation, getting ready, spending, bathing this thing in prayer, and uh, God's provision, and being passionate about accomplishing this, we were able to start up with this building. God sent us the most incredible group of, of men every week, and ultimately, after 15,000 volts and 32 days, 32 days, we built this structure out at Camp A.M. 32 days. <laughs> it gives me goosebumps every time I see that picture. <laughs> Andy, I can't, sometimes I just can't believe it. We, <laughs> we actually got it done. Maybe you're here this morning and you're facing something really big in your life and you need God's help to accomplish the, what looks like impossible. You need him to make it possible. Let's pray. Lord, I am so thankful. Lord, I'm thankful at the very beginning of this service, God, we could sense your presence and your anointing has been here on the, on the worship and on your word, the reading of your word. Lord, I'm thankful that you helped us. We partnered with you and accomplished this great feat. I pray, God, for the person sitting here that needs you to show up and do something to, to accomplish the, what looks like impossible thing in their life. I pray, God, today, today, you would give them the passion, the provision. Lord, as they bathe that thing in prayer,
as they move forward and can and follow your leading in your direction, that that thing would come about in their life. Thank you for your word, God. Lord, and if there's somebody here that needs healing today, I pray that you would heal them today. And if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray this would be the day that they would make that decision. As the... We're in an attitude of prayer here. I'm gonna, I gotta give you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you a chance to respond to that. Maybe you're sitting here and you're listening, and the Holy Spirit at some point in this, in these passages, in these words, He's been drawing or He's been telling you, you need to surrender, you submit. Is that you today? If you would raise your hand, wave at me. Look.